Hi friend, it's 2020. If you're anything like me, this year has been hard. Have you had days that feel confusing, disappointing, or just totally overwhelming? Especially in times like these, and really no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself looking for something real? Do you ever stay up late at night wondering if there's more to this world than the chaos in your social media feed? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in a relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed to years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ, and it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if you're just not so sure about Jesus. So for those who are wandering, wondering, skeptical, or just need some encouragement, we all need encouragement these days, don't we? This podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and I'm really excited about uh, today's interview with a special guest. Um, Today's guest is a father, a local pastor, and ministry leader. He's very funny in his own right, Um, and he also happens to be married to one of my favorite people and one of my closest friends, uh, which means... He's pretty special to me, too. I'm excited to welcome Chris DeGrossier or DeGrossalier. Uh, we extend a lot of grace with <laughs> the last name, so uh, it's an ongoing thing. I, I actually say it one way, and Kristen, my wife, says it completely different. Oh. Uh, well, actually, not completely different, but different enough. Okay. Uh, the French would say DeGrossier, like, like, like how you said it, which... Yeah. We, I, I have felt kind of sets the bar a little bit too high. Um, so, because uh, it's, it's just really suave and cool. It is. And um, I didn't, I just wanted to set it down lower. And we tend to be, you know, a little bit, we're in America. Mm-hmm. So, America is uh, DeGrosler. Um, <laughs> and Kristen says DeGrosalier. Okay. Um, so, anywhere in between the French and whatever works. So. Okay. All right. Well, that that's good. That's kind of what she said before too. And it, it always strikes me as funny when, uh, I mean, you've got this beautiful last name and to bring it down. I mean, why? why? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. I, I haven't committed to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm really thankful that you said yes to coming on here. I know Kristen kind of talked you into it, but I have to say, um, in introducing you, when we first moved to Chelan, um, it was a major culture shock. We had lived in Othello uh, for four years, and um, after getting over the culture shock of living in Othello, and you're welcome to Google that if you want to know more about that community, but um, it became our home. You know, it really became our people, our uh, place, and very agricultural, very small town, very in the middle of nowhere. We moved to Chelan very um also small town yet very touristy very uh you know i remember the first day we (laughs) we moved in uh people uh were walking by you know with their wine and with their scotch or whatever and i was just like what is going on here (laughs) the big boats outside and here we have this huge um cow trailer that my friend uh had let us borrow and had cleaned lovingly for us and one of the high school uh, football players that was helping us move in. He's like, what is this? You know? And I just felt, I remember like crying in my room, you know, and one of, and like one of the bathrooms, like, Oh, I'm never going to feel at home here. And you know, God has a sense of humor because we quickly became friends with your family. And, um, Kristen, uh, pastor Bob, who's been on this podcast a couple of times and Kristen, who's been on this podcast now three times sharing her, very funny stories. Um, and Joy, uh, she came over, you know, like within two days of us um, meeting and just helping me unpack some things. And then I think that same day you met my husband and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, we've got a bunk bed uh, that we're not using. Mm-hmm. We heard you want to use it or you need one. So, hey, we're going to bring this over. And so you came over and 
I just remember um, how gracious and loving uh, that was and what a gift from God that was. So all that to say, I think anyone who's heard the podcast episodes with your wife knows um, how highly we esteem your family and love you guys. But um, you uh, just coming over and jumping in and even, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had a yard sale with my mom and you know, we couldn't borrow tables from somewhere else. So Brian called you and you're like, sure, no problem. So um, you guys live what you believe and it's pretty cool. So I just wanted to share that with whoever's listening. Um, that doesn't mean we're perfect people, right? So <laughs> we'll talk about that. I hope not, yeah. <laughs> but um, was it always like that for you, Chris? Were you always uh, a Christian? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Was, how did you come to faith? Yeah, um... You know, for me, I, I grew up around the church. Um, in my family, we were faithful tenders every Sunday, um, but it was always kind of a every Sunday. It was it was a a drug problem. You know, we were we were drugged to church. <laughs> um, and uh, but no, the way that the way that I was raised with the church was with a whole lot of religion, um, but absent of relationship. I've I've kind of talked about it in terms of. Um, well, like a snow globe, um, you know, you have a snow globe that inside the glass is this little city with a bunch of snow and whatever figures are in there. And you got the barrier of that glass. And I, I kind of felt like that was my, that was my understanding of God was that he existed, but he was on the outside. Mm. Um, and I'm on the inside and we have this barrier, you know, that we just, it was just kind of the terms of my understanding so that. God really wasn't somebody that was knowable, um, wasn't somebody that uh, I could have a relationship with, or even that that concept was just really foreign to me. Uh, and, you know, and I thought, you know, every now and then God's going to pick up that snow globe and give it a nice shake, you know, uh, and, and, and just watch. Mm. Um, and so I, I grew up with, with just kind of some of those feelings and didn't have a whole lot of, a whole lot more consideration of God. And, I had, um, I had one guy that he, he dated my older sister, uh, twice. And the first time he started dating her, um, he was just a real jerk. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it, but, um, and you know, I mean, I'm, this is my sister's boyfriend. And so anybody could have really fit that role, uh, even if they were real nice, but, um, and so, uh, and they stopped dating for a while and then they started dating again. And, um, this guy, his name's Andy, uh, and he's a fantastic guy. Um, he just, he, he pursued me. Um, I, I wasn't kind to him. I was, <laughs> I was uh, antagonistic uh, toward him in about every way that I could be. And he just continued to come back at me with patience and grace and invitations to attend um, what was called David's Hangar in Yakima. It was a uh, this kind of youth outreach thing that took place in the airplane hangar. And, um, and anyway, he invited me, he invited me like nine times, um, over the course of a period of time. And, and I, every time I said no, and I finally said, you know, if I go with you, will you leave me alone? Will you not talk to me one more time about this? Uh, <laughs> and he said, he said, yeah, that's okay. Um, and, and so I went and, um, I was, I was confronted with a different God. Um, I was confronted with the gospel, um, with a God who loves me, um, which that was, that was different for me. Um, and with one who, who wanted, wanted, wanted me to know him, um, and to receive the things that he has given me, um, and afforded me, um, and, and so that, that night, um, you know, I remember he was, he was one of the guys who was leading worship. Uh, he was singing up on the platform and, um, and they were talking about Jesus. And I, and I honestly don't remember any of, any of the message, the talk that night. Uh, I remember the interactions with the people. I remember the song that was being played. Um, and it was, it was all about yielding your life to Jesus, um, and surrendering to him, um, and giving yourself to him. It was actually one that another student had wrote. Um, and uh, they asked if, if people wanted to have Jesus in their life, you know, to surrender their life to him. And 
to receive the forgiveness of sin and uh, the new life that God has for them. And uh, my heart was beating like crazy. <laughs> and uh, I felt like all of a sudden I'm alone in the room. Um, and I just, I just know deep within me um, that I need, I need Jesus in my life. And I look up at Andy and he's staring right at me. <laughs> and, uh, and he's, he's like shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I had indicated to those there that I, I wanted to surrender my life to the Lord and I wanted, I wanted what he had to give me. And, uh, Andy actually took me aside and, uh, we talked about it and we prayed and, um, that was the beginning of the, the journey of following Jesus. Um, and, and really, like I, I say, I say he ruined, he ruined my life, um, that Jesus ruined my life and he, he did. Um, but I, I, he turned it upside down. Um, but my life, my life needed ruined, you know, um, the trajectory that I was on, um, was one that was very different, um, from the one that I have now. And, uh, I didn't know exactly what it mean, what it meant then to to really surrender everything and follow him. I I, I really didn't know, um, but uh, that was something that the Lord kind of showed me along and still is showing me. Um, but yeah, I was confronted with a God who who was very personal, um, who was so close uh, that he could he could shoulder um, my pain and um, he could shoulder my my sin and he could. He could help me with just the different things of, of, of life and learning how to follow him and uh, just some real personal things. And, and that was completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever talk to Andy afterwards about oh. what what drew him to ask you? I mean, did him and your sister end up together? And <laughs> did you? <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> and what made him keep asking you? Because I think a lot of people listening right now might go, Man, you know, once or twice, maybe, but the persistence of that guy, that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, yeah, uh, it is. And considering how I was toward him, um, I gave him every reason to write me off. Um, every reason. I remember one time he was going out to his car and I took his keys and I just threw him in the backyard somewhere. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, I just, yeah, that's that's how a lot of our interactions were. Um but I, you know, Andy is, it's interesting. He's, he, he and I talk every now and then. Um, and I've had different moments where I have just expressed to him, Hey, thank you. Um, thank you for taking the time for me. Thank you for enduring things for me. Thank you for, um, just seeing me, um, as far as to why, um, I never really asked him that directly. Mm. You know, why, why did you pursue me? Why, why this? Uh, but, but what I know is, is that he had the Lord in his life and he saw someone who needed it mm. in his, in mine. And, um, and so he had, he had something worth sharing and something worth giving. And um, now Andy wasn't perfect uh, <laughs> at all. Um, and, but, but he, he pursued me with love and patience and it wasn't just me. It was my friend, uh, Brad. Um, we kind of, well, Brad was also a person who was significant in my life. Um, and his family's role in my life in me, me coming to Christ too, because I started attending church following with him. But the things that Brad and I would say and do, um, wow. I mean, <laughs> it's just a lot about a lot about Andy, but I think it says even more, about Jesus, you know, and his love for us and uh, what God does in another person that they're willing to shoulder and step in and enter into uh, because, because of what they themselves has received, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So not only did Jesus wreck your life, but he obviously called you into ministry. How did that happen? Mm. Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) how did that happen? Um, no, when I, so I, I, I became a Christian when I was 15 and a half, almost 16. That's when um, Jesus uh, captivated my heart. Um, and shortly after that, you know, I remember getting involved in a church and um, with a, with a youth, a youth group. And I had a youth pastor. Uh, his name was Rob Tranch. He's, he's from Yakima, um, still lives in Yakima area. And Rob really took us under his wing. Um, there were some people that were very, very much uh, the presence of God to me. 
um, you know, embodying that. Um, and Rob was one of those people as well. And uh, the Lord used something that he said to put his thumb in my back. Um, now, I don't know what prompted Rob to say this to me other than, other than the Lord, because as I look back at my life then, I didn't, I don't see this at all. But Rob said to me, he said, you know what, Chris, I could, I could really, I really think that someday you might, you might make a good youth pastor. Um, and, uh, and I, I was just like, why, why would you say that? Why, why did you say that? Um, that's just so foreign, uh, to me of a concept. And I, 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 uh, but the Lord kept his thumb right in, in my back. Um, from that moment on, I really felt the prodding of the Holy Spirit um, there. And that um, that's what the Lord wanted me to do is to serve him um, and to serve him in ministry uh, as a pastor. And it, at first I thought that was youth ministry. You know, today's a little bit of a different story. It's still youth ministry. It's just wider. But, um, but no, um, and, and every time I considered uh, ministry, uh, you know, I was confronted with just me, who I am, mm-hmm. uh, the wreck of my life. And, um, and just, I thought, you know, I know me, that's not for me. That's for people like Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's for so-and-so. And, uh, so I had some pushback against that. And I actually, you know, throughout, throughout, um, high school, uh, I, I, was pursuing other things. I was, I was trying to go every, every other way that I could. Um, but every direction that I had turned, I, I mean, the Lord never left me. Um, you know, I wanted to become an automotive mechanic because I just, I love working on things. Um, I love, I love that, uh, mechanical side of things and, um, fixing things and, um, restoring things. I love those things. Um, and, so um, every time, like I even had a, a, a job shadow set up with Perry Technical Institute and went and toured the school and all those things. But every single time I had this voice that just said, that's this is what I have for you. Um, and then uh, along comes my wife. Um, you know, uh, Kristen and I knew each other. Um, we knew of each other through the years. Um, you know, in the high school years, she always recognized when my church was at some function because uh, there's two long haired guys uh, that were just annoying. And um, <laughs> she would say gross um, were, were there. And those two guys, that was me and my friend, Brad. Um, and uh, so she knew of us then. Um, but when I got my hair cut, you know, uh, she saw me in a different light. Um, <laughs> you know, it, when I cut my hair, that was actually, uh, it was actually something that, uh, it was just a reflection of some of the things that was happening inside of me, you know, uh, and, and how it, it kind of came out. Um, that isn't the case for everybody, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was for me. And, um, and so when I met her and we, we started dating, which is a whole nother story. Um, but I, and I saw her, I recognized something in her that I was lacking in my life. Um, I saw someone who was passionately following Jesus, who just had this deep, deep love. Now I love the Lord. Um, but what I saw in her was abandonment, Mm -hmm. uh, which was the, just this willingness to do whatever, you know, to go where God would lead you to. It just, it just permeated her and coming alongside her, um, and I really believe, you know, that the Lord brought her in my life. And um, I could talk about that too, but, but really I just saw what was lacking in mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I made the best, uh, a, a great decision, um, which was to share with her what I felt the Lord had put in my heart. And she said to me, Chris, you know, God doesn't, God doesn't lead just anybody to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a specific plan uh, for people. And if he's calling you, it's because, it's, it's for a reason. And, um, and so I, I had with, with Kristen, my, my now wife, but then, uh, girlfriend, um, we had knelt down and I just surrendered my life and my future and all of the what ifs to the Lord. And I just said, you know, God, whatever you want, um, I'm going to do it. And even if I step into ministry and I find out, you know what, it wasn't, it wasn't you, it was, 
it was pizza the night before that I ate. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if that's it, then uh, that's okay. I'm still going to serve you. Um, and I know that you'll leave me there. And I mean, that was the beginning of, of, of stepping into ministry. And um, I mean, since then, uh, yeah, I mean, since then, I, I mean, I've been working with teenagers since I was a teenager. Um, and I, I served uh, in a couple different churches as a youth pastor uh, for like 13 years. Mm. And um, that's not, not counting just the time that I spent as a volunteer youth worker. Um, and that's, I always thought like, you know what, this youth, youth ministry, you know, that's, that's me for life. I'm going to be one of those, one of those 67 year old youth pastors uh, at some point. And, uh, but then, you know, the Lord, Lord kind of changed that up for us too. Mm. Um, and in our last, you know, gosh, we've been here since 2016, March 2016. And uh, now I find myself leading a church and uh, as, as, as the, well, a solo pastor, I'm the only pastor on staff. And, um, you know, it's coming right back to that, Lord, I, my life is yours and I'll go where you send me. And, um, you know, you could shape me, you could do what you want, but my heart, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm just trying to still serve faithfully in that capacity. Mm. You kind of touched on some insecurity that you might have felt uh, being called and uh, and also, you know, how God provided someone to come alongside you and just, you know, show you that it wasn't about you, it was about him. But um, I know the enemy just loves to tear us down and things have been kind of hard in the world right now. So what's been the hardest thing for you as a pastor, especially in the last six months when everything seems like it's upside down? I, I don't know if I could pick out the hardest thing. Um, there's been a lot of hard things. Uh, yeah, this is a, a season for all of us, isn't it? Um, and I'm calling it that I'm, I'm calling it the season. <laughs> um, I don't know how long the season's going to last, but uh, I refuse to say it is the new normal. Um, but I, I don't, I just don't think that it is. I have heard it said that leading in a time like this, they've, they've kind of coined the phrase adaptive leadership. Mm. Um, we've never done this before. Um, you know, this wasn't covered in my schooling. I haven't read any books on how to pastor in a pandemic. Um, but it, it's interesting cause it, it's not just one thing. There's so many things right now. Um, I don't know if you've seen that meme uh, where it's the dog that's sitting in the kitchen with his cup of coffee and everything around him is on fire. And, <laughs> and he just says, he, he's holding his cup and he says, this is fine. Um, <laughs> that's, that's really a lot how it's felt. Um, is it's like every, every angle, um, there's something that's happening and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's come with its challenges, but as a pastor, you know, trying to lead well through that. Um, I know that the Lord has called me to lead by example. Um, and Chris and I, we've, we've really been trying to do that. Um, you know, there's a whole lot of division in the world. There's, there's division in the church right now too. And how, how people respond to what's going on is, is all different. Um, and then how people view things is all different and trying to, um, just lead people well in a place of unity amidst all of this is uh, it's difficult. You know, I, I could talk about the, the church lowercase C and our lo- our local body, um, but also the capital C, the larger church, you know, um, there's just so many different opinions right now and trying to maneuver through all of that um, has been hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say that's probably one of the most difficult things. Um, and, and I think with that is distraction, you know, um, to not allow these things, you know, what's happening in the world right now to distract us from what God has going on. Um, that's, that's something that's been at the forefront of my mind right now. Um, you know, is like, you know, what was interesting to me was I remember walking with my wife and with the kids, uh, and we're walking down by. Schlein Falls Park here. This is where we live in Schlein Falls. 
Um, and Joshua, my youngest, he's four, he trips. And we look down at his shoe and his toes, kind of like, like the tip, the front of his shoe had just kind of blown up. Uh, his feet were, had grown and somehow we didn't, I mean, I feel like a horrible parent saying this, but it's just the reality. Like you have those moments where you look at your kid and you're like, he grew, his feet grew. How did that happen? And, and it just came along with this realization that we're being shaped right now amidst all of this. Um, my son, my kids are still growing. My kids are maturing. They're being shaped by all of these things. The church, our communities, for whatever reason, it just, I guess we all kind of thought that we were going to hit the pause button for three weeks, you know, mm -hmm. and then hit play and resume. And it's not, that's not happening. Mm -hmm. But now it's, it's been, all right, how can we embrace this? How can we grow well? Um, how, you know, how can we guide that growth um, and, and not get hung up on the lesser things right now? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, there's a lot of questions I could ask following that, but what is the greater message that you are sharing with your congregation, your, you know, the smaller C church? And also, what is it that you're sharing with yourself to keep yourself from feeling discouraged or distracted? Yeah. Um, well, since, since Easter, we've actually been going through First Peter, uh, and it has been a fantastic journey. And uh, it's a crazy, like, I'm always surprised, but I don't, I don't ever want to cease being surprised by those times when the Lord just connects the scripture with what's happening in life around you. Um, it, I'm every Sunday, I'm just like, all right, Lord. Wow. Um, <laughs> but through first Peter, it's, it's all, it's all been, it's a church who's suffering. Um, it's a church who's enduring persecution. Um, and it, and it talks about living hope, um, living hope all, all throughout um, that, that we wouldn't live according to our suffering, that our, our suffering doesn't have to um, corner us in. Um, but in fact, our, our suffering can reveal God's glory. In fact, like our suffering can, can help us to hope more, um, you know. Uh, and, and, and so like living hope has been this, this concept that's been this enduring theme throughout is that we have a hope that doesn't die. You know, we have a hope to where what seems to be a dead end, like God creates on ramps where there's dead ends. Hmm. Um, and so uh, I've been able to just proclaim those things and, and it's been hard. It's like first Peter has been a, a call to the church for maturity. Um, you know, we, we tend to come into discomfort. Um, and uh, when we, when we do that, we, <laughs> well, I, uh, try to back out of that and choose the pathway forward that would require perhaps less of me or um, is easier. And this is a hard road for all of us, but it's just one to where it's like, let's place our hands, our lives in God's hands. Let's entrust ourselves to him in this time and allow him to shape us how he would like, you know, um, this is a crucible right now. You know, that's how I've been talking about this pandemic and uh, just not just the pandemic, but everything else. It's the fire where we're made mm. um, and we find out what's real. And we also find out the areas of our lives that maybe aren't so real um, where we lack faith or where we have placed our trust in lesser things or temporary things, or um, I mean, just different. Um, and so it, it's been revealing. And as I've been going through that with the church, uh, I mean, any, every, the Lord preaches the sermon to me before I preach it to anybody else, you know, and um, it's been something that has been hard, um, but good. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I mean, right now, like how, how am I doing? What am I doing? Um, I'm coming alongside a lot of different people in different ways. Um, everybody is, is going through a, you know, similar circumstances with the pandemic, but not everybody walks through the same way. Um, not everybody endures the same. It, it's, I don't think it's a fair comparison to compare one person to another in that, um, and how they're doing it. Everybody's just different. Um, and we all have different things in our stories too, and different things that we carry, 
But I know for me, like I'm coming alongside people who, um, who have different opinions. Um, we, we're in society right now where people think that you have to choose one or the other. I think we have a lot of false dilemmas going on right now. Mm. Um, and that's been, that's been a challenging thing for me. Um, but, uh, and, and trying to maneuver through that, um, you know, as a pastor, like I've, I've as a, okay. I said, pastor, a pastor's just like other people following Jesus. Um, you know, I, I think a good leader, uh, in the church is a good follower. Um, and, uh, and so in a lot of ways, like we think of what, what people deal with pastors deal with that too. Um, you know, I've been dealing with my kids not going to school. Um, I've been dealing with, uh, just, you know, that season to where we were all really on lockdown in our houses and we didn't leave and the isolation that happens there too. Um, and then, I mean, just family stuff, uh, uh, and then just coming to terms with what's going on in the world around you and all the pain that's around you right now. Uh, I know for me as, as a pastor made that, that might be a little more, more than another, maybe, um, because I'm coming alongside so many different people with different struggles, mm. but, uh, it's been important for me to recognize my limit um, and to recognize that I'm not, there is a God and I am not, <laughs> I am not the Lord. That is not me. Um, and that I'm, I'm participating in his larger story. I'm not the main character. Um, and that it, it's not Chris who changes lives. It's not Chris who heals and restores. It is the Lord um, that, that wants to invite me into his story. I can be a part of those things. And um, yeah, but I know for me, like discouragement, I've been, I've been discouraged my own fair share through this. Um, and we've, we've made some decisions, you know, we've, we've kind of changed some stuff up here uh, with how we do things in our home. Um, like Kristen and I, we're getting, we're, what our goal every day is to get up in the morning um, and we're reading through Proverbs and we're reading through scripture and we just take an hour together and we just pray and lift all these things to the Lord and um, lift the needs of our church and our family. And uh, I know for me, like that's been, that's been huge to have that for her and I to do together. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, there's been different times where that's been more of a priority than others, but um, we just, we just recognize our need our need for that and for some structure, uh, amidst all of this that's going on. And, um, you know, so that's been really helpful. Um, and then just to be, to be open, uh, you know, Chris and I, we've, we've talked so much about just what's going on and, to, um, and, and apply God's grace to how we even view others and, uh, how, when people might choose to respond differently to things, um, yeah, it's, mm. it's good. It's good. Um, well, I wasn't planning on asking you this, so you don't have to answer if you don't want. But this is the Deep Faith Questions series, and I was thinking, what do you say to somebody who's just looking at all this and saying, where is God? Where is God in this? And I, have you been confronted with that question since this began? Mm. Yeah. Um, it's actually a question that I have asked myself um, an awful lot. Uh, you know, in our in our family, one of the things that's unique to us is um, my daughter in 2015 was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Uh, now, some may not be familiar with that. So I'll, let me just say your pancreas produces insulin for your body that maintains a, a good level of blood sugar. Um, your body needs sugar in the blood in order to operate. But what um, basically, well, let me simplify it even more. Without insulin, my daughter's going to die. Uh, she needs it every 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 meal. She needs it, she needs it in her body at all times. Um, but it's been this balancing act of 
giving her the right amount, not too much. Um, we live between two lines, you know, high and low blood sugar. Um, and there are repercussions if you don't do that. Um, some of them can be severe. And uh, when Chloe was diagnosed in 2015, um, you know, I thought I was a strong guy. Uh, I thought I was stronger. I thought I was, you know, the strong person in my family. And um, everything fell apart. Um, yeah, things came toppling down and asking that question, God, where are you? Um, Lord, why? Um, I had a crisis of faith. Um, I started having anxiety attacks. Um, and yeah, it, it was hard. Um, I, I entered into some counseling, um, which I would say just for everybody listening that, um, everybody needs a counselor, um, pastors need a, need, need a counselor, counselors need counselors. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's self-care is what that is. And, uh, which I haven't been the greatest at through the years, admittingly. Um, but, uh, I just had so many things that fell apart. Um, and the Lord, the Lord had to take all those pieces and put them back together. And I had a lot of questions of God, why, where are you right now? I had a lot of people praying for healing for my daughter. Um, and I do believe that we have a God who heals. Um, I, 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 it's happened in others' lives. Uh, and I have, and my daughter, like she is one of the most innocent, loving, kind, compassionate people. Um, so it's like, why of all people, her? Um, and, but what we have found out is that while God didn't, didn't deliver us from it, he's been carrying us through it. Um, and that's, it's actually become a huge part of our testimony, you know, uh, as a family that, that God, while he hasn't delivered us from it, he has, he has carried us through it and he continues to deliver us through it. And, um, diabetes is hard. Uh, it's not overwhelming right now. <laughs> there are times, um, the last two nights we've had blood sugar lows and Kristen and I are just really tired, <laughs> um, you know, um, because she sleeps so heavily. Um, but uh, you know, that's something that we went through and I had to ask some of those tough questions. And in all, in all honesty, I, I haven't, gotten a whole lot of the answers to those questions mm. however i have a god um, who has been with me and um, while i haven't had the clarity there i've had a whole lot of trust and presence um, and and that has that has made all the difference mm. for us uh, and now i mean i i feel like I want the Lord to heal my daughter still. I would love that. Um, but God, his work is a whole lot deeper than that though. And what he's done in her heart and what he's, what, what he's gifted with her to her and what God has gifted to us. I mean, salvation um, is huge. And I, I don't want to lessen that uh, at all either. Um, but it's that need that we have. God has, he's changed it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. right now, I mean, I, I'm walking with people through some real hard times right now. Um, and it's amazing how my own brokenness in the past and, um, really what we're dealing with a lot with the pandemic, it, it seems like an extension of diabetes, mm. you know, um, we're always, careful with people sick around our daughter. Um, it's just, if she gets the flu or something, she could end up in the hospital. Um, I, I got stories that are just no, no, no real fun to tell in here. Um, but it's just, it's just hard stories. And so it's like a lot of what people are feeling with the pandemic and that carefulness and all that we've been there. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've been there, but we have trusted in the Lord and, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but I, I would say that, uh, sometimes if we're looking for God to show up in a, in one way, we may miss 
um, how he is coming alongside us. Mm -hmm. We may miss how he is there amidst it all. Um, and I, I don't, I don't want to miss that. Uh, I'm so glad that we haven't uh, missed that. It's made all the difference. Yeah. Do you think that in some ways that there's a, a responsibility in carrying the suffering that, um, or the unknown that people who are going through a pandemic right now who are feeling uh, like, man, this is really hard, that there's something beautiful in, in the uncertainty because it allows us to draw closer to God. Do you, do you feel that with your daughter and with this, or is it just like, is that a pat answer to give to people? Because I know when I go through suffering, um, you know, when we, we struggled with infertility and uh, different things, um, it's always caused me to draw closer to God in a way that, or just to sense his presence. I don't think that he's ever left me, but I, I've never felt his presence like I have in the darkness of the soul. Do you know what I mean? So have you experienced yeah. that too? Is that, oh. and how do you share that with people who are just, I know um, you are dealing with some severe suffering uh, with people that you love. So how do you, how do you share that hope in the midst of it? Yeah. Um, shared brokenness, I think ministers, um, you know, and that's a lot in my life is, uh, the, God has done things in my life. He's, he's helped me. He has brought restoration to me. He has met me in the depths, um, which gives me the empathy for other people. Um, it, it really has equipped me. Um, God just uses that again and again and again. You know, I mean, my own struggles with different areas of sin, um, you know, God has, has created an open door to help others. Uh, with those things. I'm familiar with that. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I had, yeah, I'll share this. Um, I had uh, a while ago, I was having a real struggle. Um, I've been walking with someone who has ALS. Um, and by walking, we're not really going anywhere <laughs> where I, I talk to him about that often. I'm like, Hey, we're walking together. We may not be be traveling anywhere, but we're walking together. We're doing life together. Um, and I remember uh, it was around Christmas time and um, I was just really struggling with that. Um, you know, how to, how to help him, how to come alongside. And I'm feeling the weight of all the pain that's going on in his life. And, um, and a lot of those questions, you know, that came up with my daughter resurfaced and again for me, and it's like, Lord, where, where are you in this? Um, when so many people are praying and asking, and um, we know that you're a God of love, um, how can we endure so much? And us wrestling. Um, and I remember that night I, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to bed. Um, and so I, I went to bed and I'm laying down there. And uh, I admit this is, this sounds a little weird. Okay. Um, but I'm laying down and I feel this hand on my hip and, uh, and like, which is something that Kristen would do, you know, um, just come alongside me in a gentle, loving way. And, um, and so I, I lift up my head and I turn around, no one's there. Um, no one was in the room, but I felt a hand on my hip, um, that was there, the weight of a hand. Um, and what immediately comes to my mind is Jacob wrestling, wrestling with God, um, and, and what I, what I had, uh, what I, what my takeaway in that, that moment was, is God sees me. He sees my pain. Um, he sees my anguish, um, and he cares for me. And, uh, you know, in, in first Peter five, seven, it says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you, right? Cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. And actually in the verse before it talks about God's mighty, his mighty hand, you know, uh, will lift you up in due time. Um, so cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And um, to, to be able to view your pain through the lens of God does care for me. Um, so often it seems that the suffering that we go through um, is seen as punishment. Um, but God disciplines 
the child that he loves, you know, and discipline isn't punishment. It's, it's, I love you. It's, I'm shaping you. It's, it's put these things in my hands and, uh, and, and let me be with you. Let me help you. Let me shape you. And, um, you know, I just received comfort from him um, in that in that moment. It was tangible, um, and and really, I think for the believer, um, those those things—the comfort of God, the mercy, the grace of God—those aren't supposed to be just those theological terms. They're all things that we experience, and we experience them firsthand as well. Um, and and so, I mean, for me to be able to receive those things, um, I could pass those on onto another person. I could, I could talk about how the Lord has come alongside me, um, sitting with my friend who has ALS, you know, sharing, sharing with him what God had gifted me as I'm walking with him and shouldering some of these struggles as well. Uh, and praying for him that God would be real to him, that, that he would know that God sees him. Um, and that isn't indifferent to his pain, um, that it matters. Um, it's, it's just, it's framing the difficulty that we go in and, and recognizing that even amidst the chaos, um, God's got a mighty hand of deliverance um, at, in due time, right? Which isn't my timing, <laughs> right? When are we going to be done with this season? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I have entrusted myself to the Lord, you know, and I'm, and I'm pointing, pointing everybody that I can to him for that too. Hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. That's good. So what kind of practical advice could you offer to someone who might be listening right now who's just feeling like maybe maybe he or she has never felt the presence of God? And that story that you just shared, it's interesting. I've had a very similar experience um, under different circumstances. But when you have an experience like that, it's just like, wow, God, thank you, right? So for somebody who's thinking, well, God's never reached out and touched my hip or he's never, you know, done this tangible thing for me and I need him. I, I need him so desperate right now. What what kind of advice or counsel would you give someone like that? I think it's OK to tell God those things. I think, uh, you know, we our need positions us to receive um, from him. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think that not denying what you're feeling um, and, and what you desire, uh, not kind of trying to numb that out either is good. You know, for me, um, God's people have been an anchor. And I think sometimes the things that we face um, can be so loud. Um, and if they're the only voice, um, there's, there's a whole lot of danger in that. Um, and so like anchoring yourself with God's people, with people who like God's God, God is present among his people. Oftentimes it's like, as I share my story, it's been through God's people that I have been ministered to. It's through another story that maybe it hasn't been my story. Um, but it's been God's story of what he's doing in the life of another that has touched my heart. Um, and it's become mine, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think, anchoring with, with other believers, uh, is, is a good idea, um, uh, is a very helpful time in this, in this time, I think pursuing God, um, in scripture, you know, I think when we, when we open, when we open up God's word, we can trust that, that he can speak to us. And, um, yeah, but I, I know for me, like, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm expecting God to come in a certain way though, I could miss it, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it that night when, when I felt that hand on my hip, like I haven't had tons of times like that. Mm -hmm. That's not like a regular occurrence for me. Um, it isn't. And it wasn't something that I was pursuing. Um, it was, it was just me, you know, I was struggling. I was wrestling with God. I, I had, I had been having this ongoing conversation with him where it felt and in a lot of ways, one-sided, um, but then at the time that God deemed, he was able to come alongside me. And um, some of that is just in his timing. I wonder if some of that is me being ready and willing um, to see or positioned. Um, I'm not sure. 
Uh, but hmm. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your story reminds me of other stories I've heard the same thing. It's uh, not on our timing. It's God's timing. And, but I, I love what you said about our need positions us. Right. And uh, just crying out to God and saying, I need you. I need, uh, I need to know that you're with me right now. Um, it, it does position us to receive that because God is not a God who withholds his love from his creation. Right. And um, so if you are listening right now and you're in a place right now where you're just feeling isolated, alone, and afraid, um, that's just my encouragement uh, from my own personal experience that when we quiet ourselves and just are totally vulnerable and honest with God about our need. He is faithful to meet us where we're at. Um, even if it's not a tangible hand on the hip, right? It's yeah something else. It's a loving word from a friend. I remember just a couple of weeks ago, I was having a hard day and your wife, you know, texts me out of the blue and I was like, I'm fine. I'm just having a bad day and I'm coming over. I'm bringing chocolate, you know, this kind of thing, something like that can be such a simple answer to prayer that maybe we didn't even voice, but we were having a conversation with God about, and God does use his people. So one final question, Chris, thank you for being here. It's been really fun talking with you. Um, the Finding Something Real podcast, it's about a journey towards restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love. Uh, I just believe that those things are very unique to our relationship with Jesus Christ. He alone offers the real version of those things to the world, which of those things between restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity, and love, which one stands out to you the most in your life right now and why? Perhaps love. You know, right, right now, um, the backdrop that we all have right now, I think it's a great opportunity for that. Um, you know, um, yeah, right now there's a whole lot of division that's happening in the world, right? It's happening in the communities. And uh, one of the things that I've been coming back to, how do I respond to this? Um, what's going to set us apart? You know, and I often ask uh, and bring up and I'm like, what's, what's your gospel? Hmm. You know, what is it that you're preaching right now? If you were to look on my Facebook feed, you know, what is it that I'm, what's the message that I'm sending, you know, as you interact with me, what, what, what's on the tip of my tongue? What are you experiencing when you're around me? Um, and for many, there's, there's division. Um, for many, it's uh, this um, rights, um, you know, uh, freedom, uh, <laughs> you know, America, uh, but uh, for Jesus, it's love. Um, it's love, you know. And and what am I? What am I willing to do? You know, will will I exemplify love um, to those around me? When I when I think about my response to everything around me, is it is it something that I have to sacrifice? Love, um, love for God, love for neighbor. Um, that's that's been on the tip of my tongue and the surface of my heart. Um, this these last weeks and and trying to figure out you know how am I going to respond to the world that often tries to pull you in a direction mm -hmm. uh, often tries to polarize in that way um, and yet uh, the message of love and embodying love is often not in those extremes um, mm -hmm. it's it's in consideration it's in self-sacrifice it's in service um, and yeah and and so that's that's where where i've been at and i think what's what's on my mind yeah uh, one i i lied i guess i have one final question um do you feel like the world's definition of love and the the christ followers definition of love are the same and if not then how are they different yeah uh i think that they are different um you know, uh, let's take the phrase, God is love. Um, you could flip that and you could say love is God. Um, you know, and, and one says, here's my definition of love and I'm going to impose this upon God. And this is what, this is what God needs to be. And um, the other is, let's look to the Lord um, and let's see how he shows love, how he reveals love and 
Um, I think I think love is one that is of sacrifice. I think it's long suffering. I look at I look at I think of Christ and I think of what Jesus has done for me. Um, and and that's 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 the picture. It is it is one where I mean it says it says in Scripture in Philippians two, uh, it talks about how how he he emptied himself. He said he made himself like a man, right? And that the actually the Greek word I just preached on this, so I, it's, all, <laughs> it's all in my head, okay. right? Good, good. Um, but it, that Greek word for made actually means emptied, and 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 I mean it's he he emptied himself of so many things to be able to be made in the likeness of a man, um, you know, and, and, and became a servant, right? I mean, it's this, this humbling, this bowing down, this making yourself low so that you could elevate others. And, um, and, and I, I see that as, as the picture of love, you know, and I mean, like Jesus, um, you know, he, he, he washed every single one of his disciples' feet, like, like every single one. That, that even includes the one who betrayed him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what it says, like, like yes, he emptied himself of, of heaven and all the riches of heaven to be made like a man. But then what we see in that picture in that upper room when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, he didn't just make himself like a man. He also took on the form of a servant. You know, he he took off his outer clothes. He took the towel wrapped it around his waist, waist, which was the sign and the mark of a servant. And then he did the 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 lowest task of a servant. You know, in the hierarchy, he, this was the lowest to wash people's feet. And he said, "Now that I've done this for you, go and do likewise." You know, I mean, it's it's I, I see so much love in that. You know, I'm going to I'm going to lay myself bare so that so that so that you could minister to anybody and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and um, self-sacrifice, you know, that's, that's, that's a big part of it. And I think that it's like, like, yes, there's, there's in scripture, there's truth and love and those two things going together is so very important to be able to back the gospel and the good news of what Jesus has given to every single person with a life that, that models that, that embodies that. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've heard it said that um, truth and love without, without love, you're a hammer mm. and without, without truth, you're just a marshmallow. <laughs> um, and so those two going together. And I think Jesus himself is that embodiment of truth and love. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I did lie one more time. Uh, <laughs> I do this to my husband sometimes too. One more question. Um, if people want to hear some more of your sermons, you just mentioned it, um, how can they find you? We've been live streaming them to our Facebook page, uh, Chelan Church the Nazarene. You could look up right there. I also have a YouTube channel that it was actually our old youth ministry channel. Um, and so it's got all these videos from when we were being stupid with our teenagers um, and then it has like, we've been uploading that on YouTube as well. And the channel is called Island of Misfit Toys. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the Finding Something Real podcast. And maybe next time I'll have you and Kristen on here together and you can share your love story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting. Oh, it? <laughs> it'd be great. I'll have Brian co-host that one with me. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Thank you, friend, for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is a grace-filled, Christ-centered podcast for those who are wandering, wondering, or simply needing to be encouraged in their faith journeys. I hope you'll come back next week when I'll most likely be sharing a conversation with another guest about their journey towards finding something real. And if you're on Instagram, please come find me. On Fridays, I share Instagram Live podcast recaps at 11.45 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So if you're over there on the gram, you can join me for some fun live awkwardness. (laughs) And finally, if you're someone who was encouraged by today's podcast and you have friends who would benefit from hearing the story shared here, would you go ahead and share? You can do that by hitting subscribe, leaving a review, or sharing a link. You're telling others about this podcast helps bring other people along. And finally, just so you know, 
If you only remember one thing about this podcast, I hope it is this. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus Christ loves you, and a real relationship with Him is a treasure trove of restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. He's offering that gift to you today. I pray you believe it.